0: This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Uh, we, we just better start with it here this morning coming up after our first break because uh, we got to get to this World Economic Forum news. We got to tell you what all the crazy globalists have been talking about in Davos over the, the past few days. We, we touched on it a little bit when uh, the hypocrite in chief John Kerry was confronted by the rebel uh, news reporter about being the climate hypocrite uh, which reminds me of that country song small town hypocrite but they're climate hypocrites and so we got to get into this world economic forum news jesse waters had an interesting segment on it last night where they were uh, attacking the carbon footprint of rice of uh, rice growers in asia big far, uh, big carbon footprint apparently when you when you, when you make rice, they're saying something about the way that it's produced when they swamp these fields. So anyway... Uh, there you go, but uh, that that'll be good news for you wheat farmers uh, because you know uh, wheat sales are already uh, outpacing rice in uh, countries like Taiwan, so that's kind of interesting. So you know, so I guess if if the globalists start attacking rice, will that push more people to wheat? Anyway, and then and then some nut job was talking about ecocide, ecocide. Uh, that that yeah, uh, you know, if if you go fishing. You're committing ecocide, or if you do this, or if you do that, it's ecocide. We have laws against genocide, do we? Uh, because they're not holding anybody accountable in communist China for genocide, and uh, in, in other parts of the world. So, so anyway, they were saying we have global rules on uh, genocide. Why don't we have global rules on the eco side? they're going to come after you for taking your grandkid fishing this weekend was uh, the joke from Jesse Waters. But uh, our, our producer, Travis, made a really good point. Wait a minute. If, if they're going to say that, oh, whatever you're doing uh, in terms of carbon footprint uh, nonsense, if you're committing eco side, well, aren't they guilty of eco side? For this whole uh, nonsensical display, I mean one hundred and fifty private jets a day flying into Davos for the world economic Forum event, sounds like eco side to us, so it sounds like they all need to be rounded up, arrested, and thrown behind bars you first you first uh, but uh, but then there was this there were those other there was this other nut job and he's he 's got his his bottle of water in front of him and uh, and he 's saying. Well, what we want to do, we want to look at the bottle of water and find out what the carbon footprint is of the bottle of water. You know, and I really don't want to judge the dude by his German-sounding accent, but man, there's, there's something about you describing the bottle of water and we want to determine the carbon... There's something creepy about it when we know that you're, you're creepily talking about a bottle of water and using a bottle of water to try to control the rest of the world's population. Something about it makes it even more creepy when you say it in, the, in, in that accent. I know, and I don't want to judge people because of accents, but when you're saying crazy stuff like that, uh, it's a little creepy. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying uh we'll get into the news though i I had a clip i wanted to share with you yesterday man we ended up talking about a million other things um but now i've got we've got even more coverage for you today so uh we'll roll up the week here on freedom friday from these global nut jobs
2: here is your montana news an illegal immigrant is looking at up to 30 years in prison for homicide in gallatin county francisco canales stabbed a man to death in summer 2022 upon discovery that the man was intimate with Canales' strange wife. This unlawful immigrant went so far as to place a tracking device on her car. Nick Christensen with KGVO reports that Canales attacked the lovers, stabbed the man in the chest several times. As police arrived on the crime scene, he tried to rescue his own victim using CPR. He further coerced his ex to back up his claim of non-responsibility. When that didn't hold water, he confessed. Now, this plea deal drops related charges. Francisco Canales will be sentenced mid-March to 40 years with 10 suspended. And he has a hold from Immigration and Customs for deportation upon any earlier parole. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee.
0: Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see cloudy skies and a few snow showers possible in the Bozeman area today. Otherwise, breaks have sent some clouds in Billings. High temperatures range from 13 in Billings to the mid-20s in Bozeman. For tonight, partly to mostly cloudy skies, upper teens in Bozeman, 6 above in Billings. And then on Saturday, with mostly cloudy to partly sunny skies, upper 30s to around 40. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. News Talk 970 and 103.3 FM KBUL. Your home for Fox News, Hannity, Bongino, and Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with
1: Aaron Flint. Oh, yeah, that's right. At, at the risk of, of going uh, down this storyline here in the 6 o'clock hour of the show, you heard it right. Another illegal immigrant uh, is uh, is facing charges in Bozeman. What What is it with all of these illegal aliens committing all of these additional crimes in Bozeman, Montana? Here we go again. Uh, yeah, Attorney General uh, Austin Knutson shared this news yesterday. A man in the United States illegally faces up to 40 years in prison after pleading guilty to mitigated deliberate homicide. For stabbing a man to death in July of 2022, Francisco Padilla Canales entered a change of plea in Gallatin County District Court on Friday. Uh, what, what is it with all these illegal aliens committing all these additional crimes? reason I say all these additional crimes is because every single one of these illegal aliens that are here in this country committed a crime by coming into this country illegally. So anything else they do is on top of the initial crime. But they are, every single one of them are criminals. All right, let's get into this uh, World Economic Forum news, the, the crazy globalists at Davos. This, let's start with the clip that I wanted to share for you yesterday. Uh, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum, uh, listen to what he had to say about elections. Uh, This came from the Salty Texan via Twitter, via x.com. The Salty Texan shared this via Twitter. This is Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum talking about elections. Listen closely.
0: So technology now is, and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power. Now we go into a predictive power, and we have seen the first examples, and your company very much involved into it. But since the next step could be to go into a prescriptive mode, which means um, uh, you you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what, uh, predict and afterwards you can say, why do we need elections? Because we know what the result
1: will be. Oh, see, we know what the results will be. We already know what people want to do. We know who they want their leaders to be. Uh, We have artificial intelligence. We have the technology to just tell you how the elections will end up. So we're just going to. So uh, why have elections? Golly, man, it sounds like he's running the Democrat Party. Well, we already knew that they didn't even have an Iowa caucus. We were talking with uh, Montana's U.S. Senator Steve Daines the other day about the Iowa caucus results and Donald Trump with the historic victory of the Iowa caucuses. And then we joked they didn't. The Democrats didn't even do the Iowa caucus. Because democracy, Uh, where's all these people who lecture us about democracy? I don't hear them saying a peep about Klaus Schwab and these nut jobs at the uh, at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Uh, All right. What about the guy with the bottle of water? I don't know. I I don't think we we recorded the part with the guy with the bottle of water, but I summed it up for you. So no worries. Uh, What about rice? Rice farming, uh, rice farmers, particularly in uh, in Asia, but I'm, I'm assuming happens, uh, you know, a big part of of other uh, farm economies elsewhere in the world as well. Here's a, a sample of what Jesse Waters covered uh, last night when it comes to Davos.
3: In most of Asia, rice is still grown with traditional methods, which requires flooding the fields. And when you flood the fields, you, you basically kill the weeds with water. Um, which sounds good, except it takes huge amounts of water. They basically decompose underwater, and when they do that, they release methane. And so, actually, rice production is one of the largest producers of methane, which is, you know, many times more, more toxic in terms of greenhouse gas emissions.
1: Rice is like the top crop in the world. What are they going to replace it with? Weak. Lab rice. Yum. Now, so what are the farmers and the fishermen going to do? Well, they don't need jobs because they'll be arrested.
4: We have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. If you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know, mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. With ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do, is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are um, you know, producing energy and so on. What's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage.
1: Imagine you're taking your son fishing this weekend, got your lines in the water. Next thing you know, you're in handcuffs for ecocide. For oh, ecocide. Now, here's the deal. Uh, if they're talking about overfishing... I think we we can all agree that overfishing, especially mass overfishing by 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 foreign commercial operations, that's an important topic. But did they dare uh, call out their buddies from communist China that are guilty of illegal fishing uh, operations off the coast of South America, Central America, and elsewhere? Did they go after them? Did 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 they dare go after uh, you know the the Russians uh, you know taking too much fish off the you know uh, close to the, the shores of Alaska? Uh, that that especially happened when you know you talk with those Alaska fishermen, and uh, you talk with the Alaska fishermen, and, and and they would tell you that especially during the, the Rona, the pan, uh, the so-called pandemic, and and uh, and everything you know, and then what what happened with the economy that that then all these big commercial outfits started, you know, foreign uh, outfits in particular started pushing closer into shore and then impeding on. ...on uh, you know, your, your everyday fishermen who had smaller boat operation trying to get to their fish and things like that. So But, but you know, I, I, very obvious to know that when they want to talk about overfishing, they're not talking about their handlers back in the Communist Chinese Party. They're talking about you. They don't want you to feed yourself. They don't want you to fish for yourself. Uh, they want you to eat bugs, and, and you don't need to vote either because they already know what's going to happen.
5: Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Net- Egg Network. Well, in a huge win for agriculture this week, the Securities and Exchange Commission withdrew their proposed rule to list natural asset companies on the new york stock exchange with more on this story here's our networks rachel gable
4: this proposal would have allowed for the buying and selling of undefined rights to certain private and public lands including foreign nations and non-citizens to terminate and prevent all economic activity on the properties, including national parks, national forests, and private lands with conservation easements in place. The public comment period was initially just 21 days, though it was extended after a number of lawmakers objected, including Wyoming's Representative Harriet Hagman and Senator Cynthia Loomis. Loomis called the proposed NACs the Biden administration's latest land grab attempt. She said in a release, For far too long, this administration has openly empowered radical environmental activists to use the full force of the federal government to jeopardize Western industry and threaten the way of life we cherish. In another release, Hageman said, This is a clear win for farmers, ranchers, loggers, miners, energy producers, energy users, and all who enjoy the use of public lands. It is also a clear sign that when the insidious policies being considered by this administration are exposed, they can be defeated. This just goes to show you that the feckless policies of this administration and nameless bureaucrats can be stopped when we work together. NACs will be prohibited from engaging in unsustainable activities, including fossil fuel development, mining, logging, and grazing. For the Fence Post Magazine and Western Ag Network, I'm Rachel Gable.
5: All right. Thanks a lot, Rachel. And again, a major victory for rural America. Stay with us. We'll have more Ag News right after this.
3: Cattlemen, Mile City Livestock Commission will host a stock cow and bred heifer sale along with a feeder special and all-class cattle sale on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering some of the best bred cattle in the region, featuring 90 black white-faced heifers bred to Stevenson and Malik Bulls, 70 black fancy heifers bred to Tahoe. Feeder sale starts at 9 a.m. with the replacement heifers at 11.30, bred heifers and stock cows selling at 1.30. See all the consignments for the January 23rd stock cow and bred heifer sale at MileCityLivestock.net.
0: Wheat Growers of the North, it's time to push performance to answer the call of Westbred Wheat. With regionally proven varieties like WB9590 and WB9719 offering high-yield potential balanced with protein content, trust Westbred Wheat to help you get the most out of every acre. Now's the time. Boldly grow. Seize the season with Westbred Wheat. Performance may vary. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
5: Well, according to the Western Livestock Journal, the Livestock Marketing Information Center is predicting additional declines in the U.S. cow herd this year in the range of 2 to 3 percent. And that has the center predicting calf prices to rise 10 to 15 percent this year, which will likely result in some new record high cow-calf returns. As for 2025, it says calf prices are expected to gain an additional 5 to 7 percent. And finally this morning, a new video series produced by U.S. Wheat Associates titled Stories of Stewardship focuses on how producers help feed the world while also acting as stewards of soil, water, and the environment. Now, for more information on this new video series, you can visit us online at westerneggnetwork.com or check us out on Facebook. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nimitz.
0: Broadcasting live across the great
1: state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, got a, a message here from Virgil and Billings. And Virgil, I, I see where you're coming from on this one, uh, but uh, but I I'm, I'm pulled up a piece here. I think it's from ABC News that would that would better explain it, I think, uh, in, in my opinion anyway. But Virgil, I appreciate hearing from you. Virgil says this, Democrats did not cancel their Iowa caucus. They moved it to March 5th. Uh, so according, according to this piece, uh, here, uh, just, uh, just a few days ago from, uh, ABC news, as soon as GOP candidates threw their hats into the ring last year, it's been full steam ahead to, Mont- uh, to the 2024 Iowa Republican caucuses. But for the first time in several cycles, Democrats are taking a much different tack. They've ditched the Iowa caucuses altogether. At least when it comes to selecting a presidential nominee. Now, I think what Virgil is referring to is, yeah, they're, they're going to have a presidential preference uh, results that they're going to announce on March 5th. And so so basically only registered Iowa Democrats are allowed to participate uh, in this process. And uh, let's see, I think that is it all mail in? Let's see uh participants can register as a democrat uh and then they will be made to affirm that they have not participated in a caucus of any other political party it's yeah it looks like it's going to be a mail in process here and uh and anyway and then they're limiting who can be on that uh that mail in thing as well so so the presidential preference instead of the uh Iowa caucus is what's going to is what they're going to do later on in in March well, yeah, they basically slapped Iowa in the face. You know, they used to pretend to care about farmers, and that's why they would—that's why they would virtue signal about the importance of Iowa and the first in the nation. They don't even pretend to do that anymore. Now they just—they uh, just call you a bunch of evil white Christians if you're in—you in, uh, know, uh, farm folks in Iowa. Uh, hey, let's get to I've, I've got more World Economic Forum uh, news that I need to share with you, some more audio clips that we've compiled that I want to share with you. But I do want to get Nancy and Roundup's take. Uh, Nancy, I know you've been watching this closely as well.
6: Yes, and good morning, Montana Talks family. I mean, a couple of things today, including the World Economic Forum. But first, I think that we should um, pray for the uh, – have a silent prayer for the two missing uh, Navy SEALs. These men have been missing since January 11th. Uh, the one fell overboard, the USS Lewis B. Polar uh, Sea Vessel, and another uh, Navy SEAL following their protocol jumped in to save him, and they do have flotation devices, but I'm telling you, the swells in this um, ocean off the coast of Somalia are just horrible, and uh, they have been missing since January 11th, and I'm I'm just uh, praying to God that uh, they can be recovered. But uh, no, that's boy, right.
1: I yeah, so, that's right. Uh, well, I will tell you what, I uh, you know I've I've seen those guys swim, and if and, and man, they are just it's incredible what they can do. But it's been. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Let's pray for a recovery. I know we are going to have Congressman Ryan Zinke with us later this morning, and and we'll have to talk with him about that as well. Okay, Nancy, uh, uh, hold that thought. Want to get your take on the World Economic Forum here 60 seconds after this Fox News update. Fast moving early morning hours here. News. I'm CJ Papa, the commander in chief, not on the ballot in New Hampshire due to a rift between the state and the
5: Democratic National Committee, which replaced the Granite State with South Carolina as the first primary stop. But Republican Nikki Haley on the ballot.
6: If he thinks I have no chance and I have no hope, then why is he running millions of dollars of ads against me?
5: Haley bashing Donald Trump during a CNN Republican presidential town hall. The former president on Fox's Hannity looking back at an overwhelming win earlier this week. If you look at Iowa, nobody knew we were going to blow it out like that. Florida going around DeSantis returns to the Granite State today with a number of events. Plenty of snow for the city of brotherly love.
4: As soon as they say it's gonna snow, everybody's out. Shopping.
5: Fox weather predicting between three and five inches. New York City could pick up at least three inches of snow. America is listening to Fox News.
1: All right, back to Nancy and Roundup, and then I want to share uh, uh, more uh, audio from Avi Yemini, the rebel news reporter who confronted uh, John Kerry in Davos. Nancy, yeah, what, what else has been standing out to you from the World Economic Forum?
6: Well, the first thing is this Gateway Pundit article. Um, they actually had a witch. She was doing incantations at the uh, opening ceremony of this absolutely ridiculous, I've seen a uh, uh, World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland. It's uh, January 15th through the 19th, and I just want to say that the world is rebelling. The uh, new president of Argentina is—I uh, can't say what he told him, but he more or less told him where to pound sand. Oh, he was and, great! Uh, surprisingly, he, he basically said good. he
1: basically said that 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 the western world is is at risk right now and it's because of the socialist policies that those guys I mean right in front of them he he went to davos he went to the world economic forum and in argentina president mile told them your policies that you are advocating in socialism is a threat to the entire western world yeah it was
6: uh, great Sweden is rebelling, and Sweden is also uh, building a border wall because Russia has been sending them uh, inappropriate individuals into their country, and they're, they're building a wall, which is what I want to talk about next. Is temporary spending bill uh, that passed. There was a vote of three hundred and fourteen uh, to one hundred and eight, and everybody is really uh, angry on Capitol Hill. Uh, Senator Chip Roy is toying with the idea of ousting. Uh, of the current Speaker Johnson. The Freedom Caucus is in an uproar. I'm telling you, it's it's terrible that our party has been split once again, but there's no border wall in this. There's just a few changes to the asylum and just uh, something about uh, paroles. And this bill is going to be temporary until the month of March. So you figure 10,000 illegals every day from right now until March. Uh, we're talking about 80 to maybe another 100,000 getting into this country illegally. I'm telling you, I am so... Are disgusted
1: with everything yeah I, you're I, right the Republican I, I, I Party is so can... fractured that it's uh, that all, all they're doing is just fighting each other and that and that's what they've been doing for the last year and uh, now as I understand it though um, there may still be some hope although you, you can't really be too optimistic with Congress but there may still be some hope because the, the border security negotiations are still ongoing separate from this short-term continuing resolution but but nobody is aware nobody has publicly released any of the details of what the latest border security negotiations include uh but uh, i mean i you know i i'd like to be optimistic but uh I'm, i'm not
6: well all speaker johnson has to say is we have to have a 900 mile border security wall or no deal that's it walk away from the table end of story
1: well, and, you know, and there were some folks who were spiking the football and,
6: oh, yeah, look at what we did. We took out Kevin McCarthy.
1: Oh, we're still in the same boat, aren't we? Still in the same yeah. boat. So, so, you know, all this infighting fractured the caucus. And probably all they've done is gotten the, 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 uh, the more moderate wing to dig in their heels and, and only make things worse. Uh, it's what it looks like to, if you ask me. All right. Uh, Avi Yamini from Davos after this. This is the Montana Economic Minute.
0: Before every political debate degenerated into name-calling and every newspaper tried to set itself up as a fact-checker, there was a term used by economists to describe data that was useful, a stylized fact is a broad conclusion based on a big pile of data. And a stylized fact about the U.S. is that there have been two times since World War II that we question how well our economy was working. The first was around 1960, when the launch of Sputnik made us think that the Soviet Union was racing past us. A second was around 1990, when the Japanese were cranking out high-quality cars that were a product of an active industrial policy some thought we should have. In both those cases, our hysteria over our waning performance peaked at exactly the time that our would-be competitors started to nosedive. And that brings to the present, with Chinese made products in all of our homes and Chinese balloons flying over Montana and concerned that we're being passed by, rising again. Is history repeating itself? I'm Patrick Barkey.
4: Brought to you by the University of Montana
6: Bureau of Business and Economic Research.
0: the great state of montana from the peaks of the bear tooths to the banks of the clark fork river this
1: is montana talks with aaron flint yeah bruce and ennis that's exactly the story i was referring to Uh, bruce and ennis did you hear the news break illegal got 30 years for killing his wife's lover in bozeman uh yeah that's a, that's the news story i was referring to there um now some of you depending on which station you're listening to or which app you're listening to uh you may not have heard that story but yeah that's that's the story i was telling you about where the this illegal immigrant this was a, a news was announced by Attorney General uh, Austin Knutson, uh, Austin Knutson's office, uh, the man in the United States illegally faces up to 40 years in prison after pleading guilty to mitigated deliberate homicide for stabbing a man to death in July of 2022. Uh, he is currently detained on an ICE hold. If he is paroled at any time, he would likely be deported and barred from receiving legal immigration status into the U.S. in the future. Uh, so, yeah, that was an, an update that just got sent out uh, from uh, Attorney General Austin Knutson's office yesterday. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, another message from Bruce in Ennis. Let's see if the illegal that drove uh, the wrong way, killing the young mom gets 30 years. Now, unless there's there 's other information out there, Bruce. I did follow up on that story uh, the, the The tragedy of that young mom who was who was killed by the wrong way driver on the interstate. I checked with Montana Highway Patrol and they confirmed they, they told me that, that the the suspect in that incident apparently is still in the hospital. I saw that on on one of the TV stations yesterday. But the 23-year-old the suspect, I believe, who was who was the driver that killed the young mom before her, her, her baby's first birthday, apparently she was also pregnant. So two people were killed in that crash. Uh, the driver is not an illegal alien. The driver is a Montana resident. That's what Montana Highway Patrol told me. So unless there's something... We don't know, or, or if, that, if that can be, uh, you know, confirmed with another source. That's what I got from from uh, from our contact at the Montana Highway Patrol with uh, Sergeant Nelson, who is the official spokesperson for the Montana Highway Patrol. A couple other messages that came in here on our Montana Talks app, Sean and Shelby. With all of this talk about Democrats ditching the Iowa Caucus, why does it matter? The last one they had, they even cheated their own guy at their own event. He's right. Bernie won it, but with creative bookwork, they stole it from him. Yeah, remember, remember the uh, the the online voting they did, the app, and the app had all sorts of problems. And uh, yeah, Democrats interfered in their own election, and and it was a total boondoggle. So, I think that has more to do with them scrapping the Iowa caucuses, democracy, than 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 even that they wanted to slap. You know, white Christian farmers in the face. I I think it's that they, the, yeah. The the last major Iowa caucus was such an embarrassment for them, uh, showing their election shenanigans that they just they didn't want to bring that one back up. They just figured, yeah, let's just move on to South Carolina here, and we'll pretend that it's because. We really, really care about black voters. They don't care about black voters. If they, if they cared about black voters, they wouldn't be defunding the police in inner cities. They wouldn't be throwing MS-13 and drug cartels and illegal aliens uh, onto the streets of New York and elsewhere. Uh, let's see. Another message uh, came in here. Oh, this one came in after the show yesterday. This was a good one. This was from Kate in Poplar. Uh, Listening to KVCK during our statewide 9 o'clock hour of the show. um, I want to know what happened to Ken in Great Falls' life that made him such a miserable old cuss, Caten Poplar says. Okay, a little backstory For those of you who, who uh, you know, for you early risers who maybe weren't listening in the 9 o'clock hour of the show yesterday. So uh, we're I would mentioned the really, really cold weather and how the really, really cold weather was it was back on the high line yesterday. And Tim and Billings called in and he says, hey, I just want to do a buddy check. Is Kenny in Great Falls okay? We haven't heard from him for a little while. Is he okay? Did he survive the severe cold? Ken is the uh, the the radical environmentalist out of out of Great Falls uh, who who always calls in with the Democrat party talking points and usually he says you know the same thing every like we had John Hines from Northwestern Energy on the show yesterday and Ken called in and asked him the same question he asked him the last time but but that's okay because it actually drew a different answer this time around so and you show so that so I I'm, I'm not going to knock him for that one because it was something about pump storage, and, and, and the guy from Northwestern basically said, well, hey, you know, we're looking at it. We, we like it. Um, we just got to make sure it pencils out cost-wise, but uh, but it's something we're increasingly looking at. So that was slightly different from the answer the last time. But Kate said this. You know, I found it funny because we were all wondering, hey, is Ken okay? We, you know, We may disagree. But, but we, we still want to do buddy checks on our friends and neighbors, make sure they got through the severe cold and, and had all the, the fossil fuels there to keep them warm. Kate says, I found it funny how Ken never disclosed how he warmed his hide during the cold spell. Could it be that he used some not green approved methods? Use all the resources available. Let the people decide what works for them and their homes and families. Make Montana in charge of her own energy supply again. Great message from Kate and Poplar uh, just as we wrapped up that 9 o'clock hour of the show yesterday. All right, speaking of climate hypocrites, Avi uh, Yemini or Avi Yemeni, I, I apologize, Avi, I forget how to pronounce your name. I've heard it about three different ways. He's doing a great job uh, covering the World Economic Forum for Rebel News which rebel news uh, our Canadian friends at Rebel News did an incredible job covering the freedom convoys in Canada and on the the you know montana Canada border et cetera uh, but he was on Fox and Friends I think I, I gave you a summary of this yesterday morning. He was on Fox and Friends yesterday morning and and one of the one of the Fox and Friends anchors says, "Hey, this is the guy who was asking the tough questions of John Kerry at uh, Davos." and he made a great great point he said actually these weren't tough questions i mean asking john Kerry while he's flying around the world being a climate hypocrite flying around private jets and 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 everything like this when he could fly commercial or not fly at all and spare all the carbon it's just basic questions that any joe the plumber would ask the guy
7: Uh, just it was so ironic that he called it a stupid question because i think that it shows how out of touch he is and how out of touch all of them are because that's probably the most basic question that the average Joe I imagine in America I know certainly in Australia are asking like why are you such a hypocrite the buzzword on these streets at the moment is sustainability because people actually use that word you get into a conversation no matter what industry the second sentence is about sustainability and I just look around and I go Literally they built, this, this is fake. This wasn't here a few days ago. The whole promenade is like that. The carbon footprint of Davos is it's huge. But these people are, you know, it's, it's, either an industry for them or it's, uh, you know, they're, they're here to tell us. This is the way we got to live uh, back home in Australia or in America, but uh, they yeah. certainly don't practice what they preach. Yeah,
1: clearly not. And sustainability and
6: the lavish lifestyle with a private jet use clearly doesn't go hand in hand. And, Avi, over the first 18 months of the Biden administration, John Kerry took 48 private plane rides. He was in the air a total of 60 hours. He emitted
1: around 715,000 pounds or 325 metric tons of carbon. That's a whole lot of carbon for a climate envoy
7: absolutely and, and he's not the only hypocrite. he's just one of hundreds if not thousands that dictate and preach uh you know climate alarmism they don't actually believe in what they're saying that's that's the thing if they really believe that catching the flights catching their fr- private jets is 150 lands here a day in the local tiny airport if they really believed that, they wouldn't do it because, uh, obviously that would be too scheduled. And we've caught up with a lot of big names, you know, from your friends at CNN to, uh, to BlackRock to Facebook. And uh, for your viewers, I want to see what's actually happening here from, from the other side. WEFreports.com. We're actually putting all the videos up there. Uh, and, and John Kerry was just two minutes of many of them. It was just interesting to see how their security jump in to protect him. I don't think I knew we weren't a danger to him. Right. The only danger he was, was to himself.
1: All right. Yeah. Great coverage there by, uh, Avi Yemeni. And then I've actually had, uh, I've had Newsmax on the TV screen here in, uh, in our studios because, uh, because it, it's free on, on this little TV app thing or whatever. And I don't want to pay for cable or anything like pay for some other thing. So I, but, but yeah, Newsmax is great too. But anyway, they, they've had, uh, some of their reporters covering uh, Davos as well. So that's been good to see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nancy and Roundup earlier mentioned the spending bill. Uh, get to that and more coming up in the seven o'clock hour of the program. We got the Montana Family Foundation legislative update coming up right after this. Uh, first, though, hey, hey, look, I don't know if you guys heard me, but um, getting ready to go to the shot show in Las Vegas, and the timing works out great because I'm doing my annual tune-up here at the you know the start of the year, start of 2024. I'm doing my annual tune-up with Billings Last Diet, so just trimming off a few pounds. And man, I tell you what, I did my first weekly check-in on my tune-up. And I shed over six pounds of fat in just one week. You know, you'll put on a couple pounds a month and, you know, or so, you know, maybe less, sometimes more over the holidays and everything like that. And look at how fast uh, you can shed that weight through the coaching team and through the products at Billings Last Diet. Give them a call, BillingsLastDiet.com or 294-6751.
0: Your morning expresso starts right here.
8: It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute.
3: There are really two issues that I would think that every Republican can unite on, and that would be the border being secure and stopping the deficit and debt building of the federal government, especially under Joe Biden, $2 trillion more trillion last year alone. It's just it is too much. We cannot survive with all of this uh, as a country. You know that means this year alone, we're gonna before we pay a penny for our defense, before we pay a penny out of Social Security, Medicare, uh, a penny into any government program and into any government agency. You first have to pay the trillion dollars just to pay the interest on our debt. It's unsustainable.
0: The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today.
3: You know, personal safety for you and your family is a year-round priority if you have not developed a plan put buying burner the less lethal pistol at the top of your 2024 resolution list Uh, that's burner you spell it B Y R N A. now when you're looking for protection you need a reliable tool that can send potential threats running in the opposite direction burner is the answer now i personally own several burner launchers now they're legal in all 50 states and burner can ship their less lethal pistols and rifles directly to your door as a responsible gun owner guess what you need to strategically rethink your approach on the use of force we need to be smart by starting with less lethal and determining if we need to elevate our use of force to stop a particular threat a burner is proudly american it's manufactured in fort wayne indiana just go to burner byrna.com hannity right now you'll get 10 percent off on your purchase now choose burner for peace of mind and the protection of you and your family that's byrna.com hannity hannity
0: In America.
5: U.S. forces continue to conduct targeted strikes against Houthi-controlled locations in Yemen in the ongoing effort to limit the Iranian-backed group's ability to fire on merchant ships in the Red Sea. After U.S. strikes Wednesday night and Thursday morning, President Biden said that these strikes haven't completely stopped the Houthis yet, but that the strikes will continue. Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh offered this assessment. They certainly have less capabilities than they did yesterday or the day before that. She also talked about the effectiveness of the U.S. actions. We've been very successful in that we've been able to um, destroy pretty much all of the targets that we hit. Singh reiterated that those actions are defensive in nature in order to prevent Houthi disruption to the commercially busy Red Sea Passage. It's really up to the Houthis and their own calculations on the actions that if they are going to continue, but um, we will continue to respond. i 3944. Renewal by Anderson of Montana.
0: Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better studio. serving the great state of montana from the peaks of the bear tooths to the banks of the Clark clarkport river this is montana talks with aaron flint
1: <laughs> i didn't even know what that song was that was just playing there i mean i mean i know it sounds like uh, vanilla ice uh, but it's got a different spin to it apparently there's some newer song out now that's done kind of a remix on that uh, vanilla ice uh ice ice baby background i was driving my daughter uh to practice the other day and she switched the channel on me i was like hey that's that song what in the world is it i i thought it was pops going crazy but apparently it's like bops going brazier what does brazy even mean i i don't know i don't know but i know i listened to even crazier stuff than that when i was a kid so uh, no judgment here all right uh let's get to your legislative update from the montana family foundation and our friend jeff lasloffy
8: If you'll recall, one of the most contentious bills of the 2023 legislative session was House Bill 234, a bill clarifying that teachers and librarians are not permitted to provide or display obscene material to minor children. This was important because the law, as currently written, had contained a loophole that said that teachers and librarians could not be prosecuted for showing obscene materials to minors. It's important to point out that the term obscene has a very specific definition. This is material so graphic that an ordinary citizen would face jail time for showing it to a child, and that was the crux to the argument surrounding the bill. Why should teachers legally be allowed to show images or books to a student that were so graphic that an ordinary citizen would go to prison for showing that same child the same material? It seems like a logical question, but the hearings were filled with public school teachers and librarians opposed to the bill. And as with any bill, there was in the background a set of circumstances that caused the bill to be written in the first place. In this case, it was the large number of pro-LGBT books suddenly showing up in public school libraries. These are books depicting homosexual sex and other forms of sex in such graphic detail that they easily met the definition of obscene. Yet, because of the loophole in the law, teachers and librarians, many with a political agenda, could show them to kids with impunity. Despite the opposition, House Bill 234 made such sense that it was eventually passed and signed into law by the governor. Then the work began. Moms and dads across the state began scouring library shelves looking for obscene materials that should never have been there in the first place. They then asked their local school boards to remove the books permanently, and that's where the real fight began. Librarians led the opposition with cries of censorship. Parents were appalled when they saw the books their children had been reading. Most of the debate centered on books dealing with sex or sexual identity. Identity. But the focus then began to shift to other books with questionable educational value. One of these was a Japanese sci-fi graphic novel series entitled *Assassination Classroom*. In a day and age when school violence is a growing problem, one wonders how these books even made it onto the list of suggested materials for libraries to purchase. One of the books in the series even depicts students planning the assassination of a teacher, and to think that librarians and teachers themselves would fight to keep this book in the library defies logic. The school district to Review Committee recommended that the book remain in the library and said that to remove it would violate the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Their decision was then appealed to the Billings School Board. Meanwhile, a very different story played out in Laurel, where six books, including Assassination Classroom, were removed from high school shelves by the Laurel School Board. During public comment, some of those in favor of removal brought up House Bill 234 and the fact that it is now illegal to disseminate obscene material to minors. The latest development takes us back to Billings, where a three person subcommittee of the school board has now recommended that assassination classroom be removed librarians are still screaming censorship but it appears that parents and right-minded school board members are going to do what's best for kids proof positive that concerned citizens are still able to make a difference if they step up and make their voices heard for the montana family foundation this is jeff lies reminding you that this government is your government and your input does make a difference
2: Contact the Montana Family Foundation
1: at 406-628-1141 or on the web at montanafamily.org. All right, Freedom Friday, George Blackard and your phone calls coming up in the 7 o'clock hour of Montana Talks. Looking forward to it. Stand by.